Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, your smart speakers say play ESPN, download the podcast. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Key. What up, baby? Good morning. Song makes me feel like I'm in Sandra Pay. How's Embiid make you feel? With your speedo on. <laughs> the European style key, just letting it all flex out, huh? Looking like that dude. What was that commercial where the guy was overseas? He was like, I think he was in like Central Pay or somewhere, and he was diving off the cliff. You know the old, remember the yeah, older know, guy? You know, know the commercial talking I'm talking about. about, where he was diving off the, he was diving off the platform into the swimming pool, really, and he had his little bitty speedos on, and he had to be every bit of seventy two. I had to give him 72 versus 70. 70, yeah. gave him a little extra. extra two, yeah. little extra <laughs> bonus. He, had the he gave Danny everybody an Glo- extra little bonus with that visual. The there Danny Glover body. The Danny Glover body. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know what that looks like, right? <laughs> I don't want to know what that looks like. Not this that's early just, in the morning. That's when it starts to sag away, everything. <laughs> no trying to hold on. No matter what you do, gravity takes its course, man. This is the way it goes. <sighs> Standing By the way, body. coverage of NBA All-Star Weekend <laughs> begins tonight on ESPN Radio with the Clorox Rising Stars game at 9 p.m. Eastern. Guys, I mean, we've been talking about who's the best big in the game. We're going to get more into it, but Joel Embiid just made a statement against Giannis. There's some matchups where you know going in the superstars are thinking, okay, they're matching. Oh, this dude's ahead of me in some lists and stuff like that. People, he's a two-time MVP. He's the finals MVP. Oh, my Giannis. Why did MB give him 42 and 14 now? I mean, look, Giannis got his two, 32 and whatever it was, 11 or whatever. But <gasps> MB got the win with Touch. the 42, 14 and 5. He was in the zone last night. Joel Embiid was in the zone Ooh. last night. Ooh. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone on AutoZone. So here's Embiid on the matchup with Giannis after the game. Giannis, uh, you know, uh, finals MVP, uh, you know, MVP of the regular season. So, you know, I, I live for this type of matchup. So it's always fun battling against him. Uh, great players. Uh, so I'm just glad uh, we got the win. So uh, here's how I look at it, y'all. I mean, watching that game last night, I was watching a guard in a seven-foot body that weighs 260 damn pounds, Key. It was the physical contact that he would be able to create that he could power through with the shiftiness of Akeem Olajuwon with Kobe-like shot-making ability as a seven-footer. Like, it's um, – I, I mean, it, and I, they closed the game out down the stretch. It got a little bit, t- a little bit tight, but – I just I walked away saying I know where the Miami Heat are ranked and I know what they bring to the table. I know what the Chicago Bulls. I know where they're ranked number one and two in the Eastern Conference. And I'm a Chicago, I'm an ex Chicago Bull guy. I love the Bulls. I think Demar Derozan is having one hell of a year. He's in the conversation. But Philadelphia, with the way Joel Embiid is playing right now, with the addition of James Harden, they're the clear cut favorite to come out of the East. In my opinion. This is why when everyone's like, Maury gave up too much, he knew he had to go get a superstar. Now, now I think James Harden could take away from Joel Embiid's mm-hmm. MVP-like performance due to they have to figure that out, right? Because the yeah. ball's going to be in his hands a lot. But, it, I mean, with the way, with the level that he's playing, and hearing him say that, Key, 
I, see, I, I, I hate when players are like, yeah, it's just another game. You know what I'm talking about, Key, the coach's answers, right? We just came out here to play. He's like, nah, this is, the, this is for the MVP of the regular season. I know I'm playing against Giannis. Like, I want to bully Giannis. And 42 man, and 14 last night proved that, man. I, I um, you know, every now and then we tend to bite off more than we can chew as we try and analyze athletes and what they are and who they are as a player. And we say some stupid things sometimes. Good thing I didn't say what I said on our call yesterday <laughs> publicly. Um, because for whatever weird reason, I just wasn't really feeling him 100%. And as you and, and I guess Max or whoever was on the call was like, man, you out your mind. You, you, are you paying attention? So I dialed in to pay attention last night. And I walked away from this thing with pretty much with the same thing you just said. Man, a dude, that's what I like. I like a dude that is a bully, that's dominant, mm-hmm. that just, like, you can't mess with me. I'm big. I got a wide trunk. I'm going to back you down. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to hit the footer. Then I'm going to pull you out to the three. I'm going to knock that down. And I'm going to move around, and I'm going to act like the dream. I'm going to give you a half 360. I'm going to pull up. I'm going to go baseline on you. I'm going to yam on you. All of those sort of things. You know who he remind me of, Jay? Who? A young Kevin Garnett in Minnesota, but thicker. Mm-hmm. That mean kind of spirit that KD, I mean KG had, where he was aggressive. No matter what the case was, he could put the ball on the floor. He could pull up. He was a maniac, he was a and he'd give you that man. frown. He had all that. Yeah, and I was looking at DMX. it last night, and yeah. I was saying to myself, man, that's KG. That's KG, that's except, except he's a little thicker, and his ass is a little wider. Yeah, Other but, than that, but you know pretty what? good. What you just described, Key, because also, let's not forget. Like, okay, so take the names you guys just said. Kobe. Yep. And you get the idea, the overall skills package and the precision. You can see the work that's gone into it. That's the Kobe. KG, the intensity, the maniacal intensity. He can also shoot the three, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying he's the greatest ever. Of course not. Everyone in their own era, right? He's the most complete big I have ever seen. Yes. In the sense that he can change the other team's offense with his presence on defense, right? He can defend the rim. He's a wide-body seven-footer. He's not like, you know, what, what Key just said. He's not light in the butt. He's a wide-body seven-footer for real. He can take you down low. He can – every single thing Key just said, he went through it, plus hit the shot from the outside. Max, with the way he's playing right now, this Joel Embiid is the best player in basketball. Best player in basketball. Best player in basketball Kevin right Durant. I, is, how is KD going to come back off his knee? That's why I said, I specified with, and qualified with how he's playing right now. That's the best player in basketball. So KD happened? was a beast. I'm curious to see how he will come back off Be- the knee injury. And, and, and is, he, is, he bet in the, is he better than LeBron right now? Yeah. Is he? Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I LeBron didn't want it with Giannis the other night. And, he, and, and, and MB just gave it to Giannis. I mean, styles make fights, but still. But, I mean, realistically, what the hell can Giannis do with MB? I mean, I, and, and Giannis is Giannis They've is had some good battles throughout the last couple of but, years, but back and forth. Embiid outweighs him by like twenty five pounds. Yep. Yeah, Max so you, ain't, you Max saw, ain't looking at their rear end. That's thirty that's on the rear end. That's just thirty right there. His wide no ass, doubt. like people. I'm yep. trying to tell y'all, it's not until you go to a damn game, until you sit there on the court. I'm not talking about being 15, 20 rolls up. You sit there on the court now. K 
key, Key's a thick dude, right? I, I wouldn't want to hey, try to guard. Hey, 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 hey. I wouldn't want to try to guard Key, right? But, like, you see somebody and you be like, yo, I, who? Bobby Portis looked like a little kid next Yeah, the to difference him. is, look, Giannis is a forward and Embiid is a center. I know we're talking about positionless basketball. Embiid is a center. And Embiid knows that he's big. You know how some people don't realize, Jay, that they be like, mm-hmm. he knows. <laughs> I'm the biggest dude on the court. I'm going to bully this situation right now. It was like the guy in junior high or in high school your freshman year that knew I'm better than them. I'm going to wear my jeans and go play during lunchtime because I'm bigger than everybody and I'm going to dominate. That's the way Embiid is. You know He's what, just bigger. He knows it. You know what happened? Like The reason we're in an era of bigs for real is the whole small ball thing and da-da-da, that's about skills. It's not about height. The bigs now have the little guy's skill level. At their size. We talk about Jokic and Giannis and these guys. Embiid got guard-level skills in a seven-foot wide body. But he's so much more explosive than Jokic in terms of moving, quickness, and lateral movement, Jay. He's so – yeah, I get it. A little meaner with it. Jokic is cool at the cup and all that, and he can shoot the three. He can take it up, too. But this dude put the ball on the floor like a guard – and like I said, the half 360, boom, bam, bam, put it up, then raise. I mean, you Different can't really game. defend that. At least I don't know how you can. Mm-mm. Coverage of All-Star Weekend, NBA All-Star Weekend, as I mentioned, begins tonight on ESPN Radio with the Clorox Rising Stars game at 9 p.m. Eastern. So Dak Prescott has, uh, let's call it contract clarity, heading into the offseason mm. for the first time in a few years. Will he now get to have a say in the roster decisions the Cowboys make this offseason? We'll talk about that next. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Keyshawn J. Willemax, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Break all the bunnies. Yeah, you got to be Play careful, Jay. Those want monies. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, the edited version. The bottle of Dom the edited P. Version, yeah. <laughs> but actually, no. But it could be. So you, <laughs> unless you can f- think ahead, you just don't say it. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to have Mickey Mouse bite my neck. Uh-uh, no. That ain't happening. Um, Y'all don't know nothing about this. (laughs) So we are presented by Progressive Insurance. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Cowboys going to have 20 unrestricted free agents. Why every time you say Cowboys do you get this little devious grin on your face? Let me be very clear because I hate the Cowboys. (laughs) Okay, I'm a Giants fan. Got it? (laughs) I'm a Giants fan too. I still have the same kind of hate for the boys. I find myself on this show saying, hey, the Cowboys need to do this and that. And I'm like, damn, if I'm right, don't listen to me. (laughs) Unless I'm wrong, then listen to me. Um, So three of these dudes are are, are offensive starters 
of the 20 unrestricted free agents. Got to make a decision on Amari Cooper's contract. Don't forget, they got to be as good as they were offensively because four out of five years in a row, going back, what, seven, eight, nine years already, they spent their first-round pick on O-linemen, right? They haven't done that in a minute. So when asked about having a say in all this, this is what Dak had to say, okay? This is a quote. I think that just depends on whether they ask me. I'm not going in and knocking on doors saying, hey, I want this done, I want that done, but I'm pretty sure that my opinion will be valued in certain decisions, as I hope. So with that being said, just plan on helping this team get better in every which way I can. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Key, that sounds kind of spot on to me from Dak as usual. Yeah, but but that's what you're supposed to say, but that's the way the reality of it goes. Uh, All franchise players, not just quarterbacks, have conversations with the front office to a degree about players that potentially could help you win, whether they're from the outside or retaining your own players. They're going to come to you and have those conversations with you. Now, whether or not they take your uh, opinion and value it to the point where they're actually is going to sign somebody based on what you said, mm-hmm. that's a different situation. But it's all about the lines of communication. Uh, Bill Parcells always, at the end of the year, came to me about specific receivers and even to a degree, a player or two that I may have gone up against on defense to ask me what I thought about situations. Uh, Rich would you McKay, always tell him the truth, Key? Or would you ever like try yeah, to no, look I out would, for somebody? Well, I would look out for dudes that I might have played with, uh, and I know, depending on what the level is, right, Max? Because if, if, everybody is not – we're not talking about everybody being stars. You know, you can have the third or the fourth receiver – a guy who clearly helps us on special teams, and he may say, hey, what do you think about Terrence Cooper? And I may say, I mean, Terrence Copper. And I may say, man, yeah, he's really good on special teams, and yeah, he gives us what we're looking for, the third or fourth receiver spot. Why would we let him go? That's just to reassure and reconfirm what they may already think. But you're not making about stuff that particular up, in other words. Right, got it. No, got it, got no, it. you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then if there's somebody from – your college that you may have played with that they like, and they come to you and ask you, what do you think? Is he a good guy? Does he drink? Does he smoke? Is it somebody that can play in our locker room? Coach, man, will you just sign the dude? (laughs) And, and, And so you have those type of conversations. Everybody that they like that is considered a franchise player at their position got some say. See, Keith, for me, this is easy, man. This is you learn from other people's successes and mistakes. So let's review a couple, and I'll give you one example on both ends. So we had the situation that happened with Russell Wilson in Seattle, right, about not having a say. Now, it may be too much say for some people. Uh, I'm not saying these scenarios are exactly the same. But, okay, like you want to give your quarterback input and a seat at the table so he can be heard, so you can factor into that your own decision-making process, right? So that's one example on the mistake side because that's panning out to be in a weird way, and we don't know if Russell Wilson will stay as a Seattle Seahawk. On the success side, let's, let's go to Cincinnati. I mean, you gave a rookie coming off an ACL injury a seat at the table and saying, all right, got this draft pick coming up. What do we want to do? Like, what's your input? Do you like Penny Sewell or do you like Jamar Chase? Now, they took his input, they applied it, Jamar Chase, look at the season that they've had. So why wouldn't you listen to a guy like Dak Prescott and get yeah. his input I on what he wants key, to do? Key, when you say it's not just quarterbacks, I appreciate that because 
if you're a GM, you want all the relevant, all the pertinent information you can get, and from reliable sources, right? Like strong info, not weak info. And then you make a decision. So ju- that the information that that person gives you may not be decisive. It may not be the thing that that tips it in that direction, but it's part of the information yes. that you're taking yeah, in I, to I, make a decision. When we went through, a, I remember we went through a coaching change in Tampa Bay, and we, uh, you know, Coach Dungy was out, his staff was out, and they were gonna hire John Gruden first. They were gonna bring in Bill. And then Bill decided to not do it. And then they bring in, they went out and got Gruden. But they needed to build, they needed to build the offensive staff. And I remember Rich McKay calling me and asking me what did I want to do at the receiver position as a coach. And one of the names that I gave him was Richard Mann because Richard Mann coached me with the New York Jets. And Richard Mann was one of the top four to five wide receiver coaches in the NFL. And I was like, man, we need to go get Richard Mann. He's available. Let's go grab him. Guess what? They wind up hiring Richard Mann. Now, did they hire Richard Mann because of me? Or was he on the list? And then I just reconfirmed what they already thought about. But it was and a knew. piece of valuable information that helped Absolutely. them make an informed decision. Now, that's that's there's that that's one bucket, as you would say, Keyless. Put that in one bucket. In another bucket is the quarterback ego and how much power these guys have relative to stars and other like relative to NBA stars okay because NBA stars call shots obviously you know and if people try to push against it even in the middle of the contract Harden's like all right great I'm not gonna play okay so you will trade me and you will trade me to precisely where I say right oh I want this guy you're gonna get me that guy Aaron Rodgers was disrespected by the Green Bay front office to the point where he's like okay watch this you're not going to decide the end of my Green Bay career. I will make that choice. Well, and that he, only happened, though, Max, because they did communicate with him. 100%. If they would have communicated exactly. with him, exactly. they would have had an issue. Then it could have been smooth. But, so, no question. But there's also the question as to how good is your quarterback and how much power do you want to give him within the organization? Doesn't mean he gets to call every shot. Sometimes you're going to say no, but it does mean that he has more influence in what he says. In other words, not just, hey, let me give you this information, but knock, knock, I really think we ought to do this, and then you really got to consider that. That's what Aaron Rodgers seems to have in Green Bay right now. Should Dak have that in Dallas? I think I think he should have that in Dallas. I think he should to a degree. To a degree. We're paying him $160 million, Max, over four years. Do the math. If we're giving him that type of money at, at, at $40 million a year, he can have all the damn say he wants. Here's the issue. What you tell me, you better be right. Mm. Because if I listen to you and you're wrong— it's going to fall on That's you. That's interesting. So he gets so now Dak is at the level based on the contract and his level of play where yup he can do that but you but, better be hitting on these calls but, that you're making. But you guys are missing one big caveat though because in Green Bay like there's no team owner but yeah. in Dallas you have Jerry Jones. <laughs> That's a great like, point. It's a huge caveat, right? So yeah, the clout might be there to a degree, like but he said. But it's the said. opposite. But yeah, yeah it's the at the end opposite. of the day, Jerry Jones is making that decision. There's one giant ego versus a whole you know, bunch of different voices. I, I appreciate, Key, what you said. He, Dak is up to the part where, okay, you get a shot. 
you get a shot at it, and as long as he doesn't screw it up, he'll continue to get a shot. Yeah, at but it. I'm but I'm Dak Prescott. I'm walking in. And I'm asking them, what are they going to do with Amari Cooper? Because mm-hmm. that affects my offense. That affects yep. me personally because it's on the offensive side of the ball. What are you doing with the offensive line? Are we bringing T. Smith back? Or are we letting him go? Oh, okay, I understand. And he's older. He's banged up. We're going to let him go. We're going to move on. What are we doing? And, and it's not to force my will and opinion to make you make a decision I just want to be part of the process yeah, as can. it goes along. Just keep me up to date. Keep exactly. me up to speed. That's all. That's Why all I'm wouldn't asking. you want to know it from the guy on the field who's playing right behind those guys and, and throwing the ball to that guy? You would want to know. Who's the most dominant player in the NBA? Jay will give you the answer to that. The Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Coverage of NBA All-Star Weekend. I keep telling you, you haven't, well, it's not on yet. Tonight on ESPN Radio with Clorox Rising Stars game at 9 p.m. Eastern. State Farm All-Star Saturday night. ESPN Radio coverage begins Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and the 71st NBA All-Star Game is on ESPN Radio on Sunday. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. We're coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Who's the most dominant player in the NBA right now? Kendrick Perkins said this on NBA Today earlier this week. I don't want us to get bored with Giannis' greatness. Like, you know, it was a period of time when LeBron James was with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference, and we got bored with his greatness. It was a a time where he could have won MVP every single year, and that's what we're looking at for us looking at Giannis. Look, this MVP conversation is going to fluctuate month to month, but I will say this. He's in that conversation. I still give a nod a little bit to MB, but he's second on my list, but I tell you what he is. He's the most dominant player in the NBA, and that's without a debate. Jay Will. 
agree that Giannis is the most dominant player in the NBA, a man who was once the most dominant player in college basketball multiple seasons, is Giannis the most dominant player in the NBA? We're going to find out right now in Jay's Round Ball Rankings. He might be the most skilled big with that size that the game has ever seen. You add his play with this team, it's over. Jay's Round Ball Rankings. The game is over. Number six. Number six. This is like Keyshawn's ranking, so I have arbitrary numbers for you this week. Only six. Number six, Stephen Curry. Look, the odds according to BetMGM is 15-2 to as a better. I think I would take that. Considering this team had a blistering start to the season, starting off 16-1, and they were the hottest team. Stephen Curry went a little bit cool. He's shooting his lowest three-point shooting percentage, second lowest, excuse me, of his career at 39.7. So, look, I'm sorry, 36.7. I think this team. You for Steph. For Steph. Not that great, right? I I think that this will be fine for him. I think the second half of the season, they're ranked second in the West. He will be okay. But still, according to the odds, I like that bet because Steph Curry, he has a tendency to turn it up a little bit in the second half of the season. That's number six. Number five. Number five. I'm putting some respect on his name. This team started off nine and 10 to start the season, then they won their next 10 of 11. Now, look, they are 41-19. and 19. Yes, the Memphis Grizzlies are third place in the Western Conference, and we have to put some respect on Ja Morant's name. He is one of the electrifying guards in the league. Third-year guard, averaging career highs across the board. And the way he attacks the rim, the way he can finish around the rim, the body control, the relentlessness, the reckless abandon in which he attacks it, and he's working on that jump shot, guys. I'm trying to tell you, John Morant is an absolute star, and his name is in the conversation for the first time to be in the MVP. That's number five. Number four. Let's go, Shot City. Shot Town. Put some respect on DeMar DeRozan's name. This is a guy that went three straight seasons without being an all-star. He's one of the hottest players in the league right now, averaging 28 points per game. No player has scored more points in the fourth quarter than DeMar DeRozan Mm. this season. It's the first time the Bulls have a share of first place in the East, in the East at the all-star break since 96-97 season. This is the same team last year with Zach Levine that was okay even if you add Vucevic, with the addition of DeMar DeRozan, this team is one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, an actual title contender. That's number four. Number three. You heard Big Perk talking about this. Giannis, I mean, two nights ago, guys, he had 50 points against the Pacers. Now, he dropped off a little bit, and I hear what Big Perk is saying. He is one of the most dominant players to play this game. I have called him a skinny version of Shaquille O'Neal. But my man has added the jump shot. Each year, he is getting better and better. And if you watched him last night, he made a multitude of threes. He's hitting step-back shots. He's hitting fadeaway shots. The addition of the jump shot to his game, a guy that was finals MVP last year, is something scary. But what does that say about the top two? If I'm saying Giannis is three and the top two are a little bit far away in the MVP voting list. Let's go to number two. Number two. Our boy, our producer, Evan Wilner, has nicknamed Jokic the Eggman. Key and I have talked about it. When you see Joel Embiid move, he leans. It seems like there, there's a rhythm. Jokic doesn't really do things that way. It might look a little bit clunky. 
But what he's doing this year is stupid. We're talking about the reigning MVP from last year. And I know that that's polarizing. I know people didn't want to see Jokic win the MVP because it didn't look sexy. But come on, man. What he's doing. And let me just put it into perspective. I'm not even going to give you numbers. He does not have Michael Porter Jr. on this team, a top three leading scorer on their team. He does not have Jamal Murray on his team. If you remember a couple of years ago when they were down 3-1 to one against the Clippers, he went off, had 50-point games in the bubble, in the playoffs. He doesn't have those two players on his team, and they're ranked sixth in the Western Conference. You want to know who has his complete team until two nights ago when AD got hurt? LeBron James. LeBron James of Russell Westbrook and AD. And guess what? They're ranked ninth in the Western Conference. If that doesn't put it into perspective for you, what Jokic is doing to keep his team in contention, I don't know what else will. That's number two. Number one. He, in my opinion, is the best player in basketball. He, in my opinion, when he's on the court, is the best big to ever play the game due to his skill set. The most complete player and most complete big I think the game is on the verge of seeing most complete big. The passing is at a career high this year. The defense is something he's taken up to a different notch. The scoring ability, you want it at the pinch post? You want it with my back against the basket? You wanted me to face up at the top of the key? You want to see me dance and hit you with a Kim Olajuwon shimmy into a Kobe fadeaway? I have it all. And the thing I love about Joel Embiid the most, who is leading the league in scoring right now, is you don't hear all the silliness this year. You don't hear the immaturity that we've heard in years past. You hear a guy that, even though dealing with all the Ben Simmons drama, put his head down and just went to work. Third place in the Eastern Conference right now. And he is boogieing on people. He is putting in work on people. Now, look, I I think that... Joel Embiid can lose some of the luster a little bit this year with the addition of James Harden because the ball will be taken out of his hands. But as of right now, um, look, I don't think the game of basketball has seen a player the way Joel Embiid has been playing right now, and that is my top six for MVP votes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Jay, missing anyone, Key? Well, I, I was – and he may have a, a explanation as to why Kevin Durant isn't on there – or LeBron James as the most dominant players in the NBA. This is not about the MVP. It's about dominant players in the NBA. And so I would like to call Mr. Jay Williams to the stand to explain to Mr. Johnson mm. how those two individuals are left off of his top six. So I, 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 I don't look at LeBron James as a regular season player anymore, even though he's having an MVP type of year, right? I – I look at LeBron James as one of the top two greatest players to ever play the game of basketball. This year has been funky for me, and I I think he's dominant. I just think what DeMar DeRozan has been able to do, what John Morant has been able to do with their teams and elevating their teams, I just don't know if I see that for LeBron James right now considering they're ninth in the Western Conference. Like he will be there at the end of the day. I just – team success factors into this – for me. Okay. If KD's so, healthy, is he one on the list? If, if KD had been healthy throughout the year, yes. I, I, well, I don't know if he's one. He might be up there with Joel Embiid. It'll be 1A, 1 Boy, that See, that tells me everything I need to know. You're saying even if KD is healthy, Embiid is right there. there. That's amazing. I mean, Embiid's having 
He's having a great year. One of the best. I, I, I had a couple. Okay, so KD didn't play enough games for you, is what you're telling me. Kind of almost the way that Joel Embiid didn't get the MVP vote last year because he was injured, didn't play a lot of games. I think KD being for out this period of time, he definitely kicked things off being this conversation. But I think the time he's missed away from the game. Now he can get back involved in the conversation when we get the second half of the season. I just think right now these players have kind of moved their way up the totem. Know who I think is going to going to move up on the list? John Morant. Yep, and I would put him. I mean, me, I would. Put, it's close, but I put him ahead of DeRozan right now. It's close, but Ja, my, if Ja closes crazy strong, he has a shot because he's leading a talented young group. But they even have more wins than the Bulls in the Western Conference. Um, there were a couple thoughts I had. I wanted to run Eastern by conferences of. Top to bottom, better conference, right? Yeah, I think that's the consensus. I know it takes a while to kind of no, no question, no question. It has not been the case. East hasn't been better than the West in what twenty five years. A long time. But Jokic, something occurred to me when you talked about Jamal Murray. I think one of the issues with Jokic is that we all saw in the playoffs. Now this is now Jokic has gotten better since then, but he's already really good. Jamal Murray was clearly the best player on the team in the playoffs. Hard to get that impression out of your mind you know when when they were the cardiac kids coming back on the clippers and everything it was jamal murray who went off and Jokic was the second banana so we got to see him in the playoffs again make a run where he dominates right and then Embiid, i gotta say something about Embiid. i've never talked to him like that hey what's up once or twice at a game but you know kobe was the smartest athlete i ever spoke to while he was active like of active athletes i've dealt with kobe clearly had an extremely high IQ. Embiid's game, it's interesting that it's modeled on Kobe's in a lot of ways. Embiid, you could see from the first Twitter, like first tweet he sent out about sources, all caps, Rihanna something, and he was going to, you know, like, but like you could, you ever, I don't know if you know this or not from playing fantasy sports. If you're in a fantasy league, you look at the dude with the funniest, most creative name for his team. That tell you, uh-oh, i got to watch out for that dude. He's smart. I don't know it, but looking at the way Embiid's developed his game, looking at the way he modeled certain things after Kobe, if I had to guess what his IQ is, I would guess it is extremely high. Like, you notice this among the very best athletes in sports. They're usually super smart. Embiid appears that way to me. I think Embiid is also there, – there's – levels of maturity that we've seen from and and I will say this for him you know only playing a short time at Kansas there are a lot of things that people start questioning about his dominance like I you hear Shaq talk about it all the time on TNT like I don't want to hear any of this extra stuff key I just want to see you put your shoulder in somebody's chest bang it gnarl at them and just go to work like give me 15 20 rebounds Give me 35, 40 points. And when you go against somebody else in that conversation, you dominate that dude. Now, I'm not saying he dominated Giannis last night, but he was clearly the best player on the floor. And his team won. You, you don't want him to be big for no reason. Yes. Mm. See, a big waist a lot of, of tall. There's a lot of you know, big waist of tall. You see him all day long. <laughs> right, Jay? You look at me and go, just a waste of tall, man. <laughs> you know the dudes that get off the playing key, like 6'8", like, oh, you play basketball? I'm like, nah, I'm a waiter. No, like, I, don't, I don't play. You're a waiter? I, don't, I, I play, wait, no, wait. I, play, I played a little bit when I was in high school. <laughs> I'm, I'm done now. Like, huh? You how tall? <laughs> yeah, everyone in the – it's almost – this is the crazy thing about basketball. It's almost not an exaggeration to say everyone in the world who can play in the NBA is playing in the NBA. Like, if you're 6'10 and you're not in the NBA – 
It's like, oh, what? Like Michael Crichton. Remember, he wrote Jurassic no, Park. No, but all right, fine. I get it. Why he's not in the NBA? If you're six ten, you got to no, be in the NBA. No, six ten, six ten ain't that ain't gonna cut it. And I used to have the same argument. I used to have the same conversation with my sports agent about being six ten. He goes, no key. You got to be six eleven. If you six eleven, because there's a lot of six ten guys not in the NBA. But if but you're six eleven, okay, I'll go with that. You got your six eleven. That's an issue. 6'10". Key, if we were talking about like 20 years ago, I would say, yeah. But I I think it's so – I think people truly underestimate the dexterity and the footwork and the skill level of some of these dudes, man. Maybe it's changing. Well, because now now you have – we're talking about the game transcending into these bigs are guards. Like they're doing guard things and like the yeah, that's what I'm saying. Typical, yeah, speaking of that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like six right. ten ain't. Yeah, ain't I could go with that. If you're saying six eleven or even seven feet, I could. I'll buy it. But it's a certain height where at a certain yes, point yes. you're like you should be if playing I'm, basketball. If I'm yeah. seeing a dude walking around, he's six eleven, seven feet, and hadn't uh, been in it. the NBA or something, something wrong. Taco Fall. I mean, Taco Fall weighs seven five, seven. He's, yeah. he's not really playing. But he's in the but NBA. He's in the NBA. Yeah. I, well, You're I, right. You're it's right. like something like fifteen percent of all seven footers in the world play in the NBA. But gotta play, play oh, in the oh, NBA, oh, man. One percent of six footers play. All right, look. If you just stand there and do this, speak. And now, one of the things that's interesting about the modern NBA is some dudes who came up as guards suddenly grew a foot. Right? They just never stopped, and now they wound up as as big, sort of. But man. remember the first guy who that big deal was made out of about that was A.D. Mm. A.D., oh, look, yes, he's a point guard until a year ago, and then he grew a foot. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. So, and like even a year ago, we were talking about how A.D., remember when he was, the way LeBron used him in the finals. Two years ago. Two years ago in the bubble. Two years ago. Right, yeah, two years ago. But the way LeBron used A.D. in the finals, it was like, Yo, who's MVP of this? Maybe AD should be MVP of the. He was that good. Is he a top five player in the NBA? Who you gonna kick out? Steph? Like who is it? AD or this one? AD or that one? Now the question is: Is AD even a top five big? You were just going on about Jokic and Giannis and Embiid. Magic Johnson tweeted this after the Lakers went over Utah on Wednesday night after losing AD to an ankle injury. The At-Lakers played their best game of the season in a come-from-behind victory over the Jazz. They were led by LeBron with 33 points and Westbrook's two free throws to seal the victory. Key, is this the beginning of the end of AD in L.A.? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, man, but I just saw this highlight. He grabbed his ankle. He rolled it pretty bad, though. No, but then I'm looking at the graphic. It says MCL sprain. So... Am I, I'm not a doctor, but do you have an MCL in your ankle, Jay? He had an I mean, MCL sprain earlier this season. Yeah. Okay. That's I, why I, he I'm missed just, a bunch of time earlier in this season. Yeah. All right. I, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to figure it out, but I don't know what's going on with AD and why you blow on him and then he misses time, and you can see the frustration in LeBron James's face, like literally every single time he hits the floor. The players just kind of stand around. They don't go to his aid. They kind of like, oh, we've seen this movie again. And I think that Magic Johnson's tweet says a lot. It says that Magic Johnson is also getting frustrated with Anthony Davis as well. 
you got one of the biggest Laker voices tweeting about a victory, but also mentioning the fact that Anthony Davis was not there to participate the extended part of the game in which they needed him most because he was in the locker room. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him after the season when you start to get into the month of July, when all the trade rumors and things of that come up. I wouldn't be shocked that they dangle him out there just to sniff to see what they get. If there's an opportunity to move on from him to kind of use him to rebuild again around LeBron. You're not going to be able to build around AD going forward, doesn't look like. No. Well, man, look, I think the one thing I love about this show, we've been keeping it real since day one. Key and I have been talking about this, about AD, and we we kind of joke back and forth, obviously because Key's a diehard Laker fan, but I'm like, Key, like, he's not the alpha that you need to lead you guys. Now, it doesn't mean he can't be a critical piece Man, right? he's really good when he's healthy, but really but good. that's that's always what we end up saying. He was supposed to be the greatest that power is, forward ever once upon if, a time. If there is a tagline with AD, it's like, he is so good when he's healthy. When he's healthy, like how many times do we find ourselves saying that? Like is that, he even a top five big right now? So let's go through the bigs. I mean, are you taking – would you take him over Jokic? No. Would you take – Key? Two years ago I would have. I mean, it, no because of the health. Would you take him over Embiid? No. No. Would you take him over, I mean, KD? Would you take him over Giannis? We'll call Giannis no. a big. No. KD is a seven-footer. I, mean, I wouldn't take him over KD. He's, big, seven, I mean, he's, he's a seven feet tall. I mean, you know. No. And then it, starts getting, it starts getting like a little bit murky. Like um, Carl Anthony Towns? Kate, I hadn't seen Cat play much this year. Yeah, Cat has, also doesn't kind of assert himself, and he's been hurt in recent years. But at this moment, I would take Carl Anthony Towns. Although, like, Cat needs to play better defense, and then it wouldn't, it, then and then, yes, but maybe AD right now. What, what I want AD to do for me is I want him to do what Embiid did last night. It's not his game. Play your size. Yeah, no, it's Just not his game. Just play your size, man. It's okay if you want to shoot the three, but at least play your size. I don't know if play there's anything he can and do. Big and, and, and let people know I am seven feet tall and I'm nine feet with wingspan. So that's what him. I want him to do. Key, two things. Number one, conversation two years ago was AD being a top five player in the league. Now we're questioning whether he's a top five big. And number two, when he got hurt, if there's a visual that anybody needs to see, I'm telling you, YouTube it, LeBron James closes his eyes and starts to meditate. After he sees AD being like, I gotta night. do it again. AJ. Joel Embiid made the case clear for why he's this year's MVP. Is he also making the case for why he's the best player in basketball? That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Willemax, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. 